Hi, and welcome to The Hard Count. We are your hosts, Rick Testerman. And Kobe Montgomery. And this week we have a special guest, Mr. Chuck Cody. This is a sports-centered podcast aimed at bringing you all the sports information that we find interesting. This week our count is going to be four. First, we're going to give Chuck an intro and let him talk. Next, we're going to talk about the losses that uh, the Braves organization has taken over the last 10 days. We're going to talk about the college coaching carousel, and our hard count for today is going to be concussion protocols in the NFL. Welcome to the hard count. Before we go any further in this podcast, we just want to give a disclaimer that our podcast will uh, show bias toward our favorite teams and will sometimes dip into not safe for work language. Uh, With that being said, Chuck, how you doing, my man? Welcome to the hard count, man. Good, brother. It's about time. Yeah, I'm glad glad to have you on. So like I said, the the first count, we're going to get, you know, into, you know, little softball questions in here to you, you know. Tell everybody why you're on the show, what sports teams you you enjoy. You know, um, you can you can Start tell any stories down. about us. Just uh, you know, <laughs> don't don't get me put in jail. Nah, I don't think I get you put in jail. We know enough people to get you out of jail. That's true. Um, true. But Rick um, and Kobe, you guys have both been buddies of mine for a long time. Rick has been my buddy since gosh, I don't know, what 2006. That sounds about uh, right. Sounds about right, yeah. At McDonald's. Yeah, we made at McDonald's. Um, Rick ended up going to ETSU with me for a semester. Um, we ended up somehow nationally ranked in Halo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We spent, we spent that much time playing it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we've just we've been buddies ever since, and I don't, I don't know why. It's never really been a, a difficult thing. It's just he's kind of been uh, the one dude I can count on, been a really great guy, really great friend of mine heard that so uh tell them uh, about your allegiances chuck who do you root for football baseball basketball so on and so forth well um tennessee and about anything and Go whoever's, Orange. whoever's playing enough. against alabama <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair uh, enough. braves lifelong you know you and i both share the the commonality of watching chipper and andrew and smoltz and glavin and maddox and all those guys went on Clesco and uh, Crisco Clesco, <laughs> Fred McGriff, Javi yeah. Lopez. Yeah, I remember the days for all those. You also got to remember that uh, Fred McGriff was a big proponent of the Tom Amansky defensive drills video. They want us back to back to back AAU national championships. True, <laughs> it's true. Um, for life. That's really about it. I mean, I, I I keep up with college sports more than professional, um, just out of a, a love for college sports and also a big NASCAR guy, which I'm also Heck glad yeah. to see that NASCAR is coming back to Nashville. Kobe, yeah. I'm sure you're excited about that. 23 days till the Daytona 500. I'm so ready for NASCAR season. They're just a few miles yeah. off from the track they should be at, but hey, they're there. <laughs> like, with, and with, what's crazy about NASCAR, I, I was kind of off, I was kind of off the boat for a good, like, 
two or three years because I, I kind of didn't like the the stage the stage thing. And then once the pandemic thing happened, and they were the first team, the first teams, the mm-hmm. first team sport back, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just dive right back into it." And I followed the entire season. I try to watch every race. I'm uh, so happy that Chase Elliott won the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that he does a, a double. Um, but yeah, like you said, I'm I'm ready for NASCAR to be back. Yeah, and I, I and I and, and be back in Nashville. I wish it was at the fairgrounds though. Uh, yeah, I do too, man. That would be such an awesome track to see. Try to see the big cup cars go around there, like they yeah, used to back in the eighties. Yeah, that's where my brother uh, grew up racing at. Mm-hmm. So, not only do you all both like actual NASCAR, you all both are using the steering wheels and stuff and doing like the eye racing stuff uh, mm-hmm. currently. Uh, yeah, so, I'm tell still in rookie class. <laughs> so you're you're in rookie class. Tell tell us what's going on with that, Chuck. Um, I've had it about. Uh, four months now, I guess, and I'm up to B class and rode in Oval, and uh, a group of guys that I actually met on Reddit, and we had a heat uh, NASCAR heat league on PS4. We all had i racing also, so we decided we're going to run the uh, the Rolex 24 starting tomorrow morning, and uh, oh, just oh, hope yeah. hope uh, we can finish. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh... Thankful for video game repairs. Right. Oh yeah, so, that's, that's, you're doing uh, the da- uh, you're doing the Daytona course, right? Yeah, it's the the Daytona Road Course. Heck yeah, uh, it's supposed to mirror you know like the actual Rolex Twenty Four is next week, next weekend. Okay. So our racing does their their version of it uh, the week the weekend before the real one. Hell yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm so, excited about it. We uh we're going to tweet out here in just a moment, or I'm I'm going to tweet it out for us here in just a moment. Uh, pictures of your car, Chuck. Tell us tell us a little bit about the car that you're racing. Well, it's uh it's the new mid-engine uh, C8 Vet that uh, they I racing just released uh, I think a month or two ago, and one of the guys that is driving it with us, uh, his name is Ben Branscombe. Shout out to Ben. Um, he's a uh, uh, recent UK grad uh, with like sports management type uh, sports management sports information type uh, degrees. He's actually painted it for us, and he's uh, put a very well known podcast logo prominently on there. Hell yeah, it's yeah. um, pretty awesome. Rhymes with uh, hard count. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's pretty awesome. We are I, thankful to oh, uh, yeah. to be on there. That's that's so awesome. I mean, just a any bit of advertisement for us. I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether it be virtual, that's that's awesome to be on a car, you know. Well, I know when I first when I first got it, um, and all the cars that I paint on there, I throw your all's uh, podcast logo on there just uh, for Rick and for you, man. Hell yeah, do that with my cars there. But I got like a I got like a steering rig and everything for Christmas. I've been using it a little bit, but I need to get back into doing some races like I was. But, but yeah, it's 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 so much fun. I mean, it's yeah. it's better than any video game I've played. Oh, it's so realistic too. Like it's 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 it took me a while to really get used to it because I was like, "Geez, you really got to be careful going into the turns, watching, watching your throttle, watching your braking." You know, like mm-hmm. it's you got to think about all those things like you are actually driving. Yep, like, with, a, like a, as. I guess as I've moved up, the thing that surprised me most is like how much you have to save the darn tires. 
Yeah. Otherwise, they're burnt and you can't do anything. And I like it, like, also on iRacing, like, the competition online is is not as bad as, like, so-called console online racing. But, uh-huh. like, uh-huh. it's a little, it's a lot more professional of how people actually want to race and try to improve. But, yeah, there still are those assholes that will... Like oh, you yeah. know, if you're, you're in good. first and they get wrapped out the first lap and they hit you while you're leading, you're like, "What the fuck, dude? Why are you doing that?" Oh yeah, you still have people that dive bomb like. Oh yeah. Idiots, or they'll uh, Kevin LePage in the middle of the, <laughs> in the middle of the race, you know. So yeah. gotta love that. Those guys and and my what what upsets me the most is when somebody does that and then they want to get on there and cuss and bless you out and I'm like, dude, it's not my fault. You can't drive, right? <laughs> I yeah. give you, I give you. It's two a virtual lanes. car. You should be able to drive it. I give you two lanes of traffic. Why are you picking the one that I'm in? Right. I know, Rick. Rick, you'd love it, man. I think you'd really love it if you got if you tried it out. I got the whole racing set up, the whole rig with the Eventually. pedals and everything. Well, I've got I've got the wheel on the pedals. Eventually, I'm going to build something that has a like an actual seat, and have like a rumble seat and stuff. Nah, probably probably not that expensive. Probably just like an old car seat out of an old I don't know old Honda Civic or something. Yeah, <laughs> something you can find for twenty bucks at the junkyard. But that's what I was about to say. Hey, you my down there. my brother has a Honda Prelude in his in in our garage. You could be able to get one of those seats out of it. <laughs> I mean, he's not using it. Yeah, he's not. I can get rid of it, actually. Taking up space in the garage. <laughs> Doesn't drive it. You got another car. Yeah. But it's, it's a just... good little car. So the the last thing that I want to make sure that we hit on for you, Chuck, uh, that way people know, you know, exactly why when I say, you know, Chuck Cody is an expert, why we have him him on here. Um, what... Uh, what job do you have currently that has to deal with with the sports industry? You know, with the, at the high school level. No, oh, um, I guess I forgot to mention that um, I'm a high school baseball coach at Cock County High School. This is my tenth year there, but twelfth year overall. I actually started down uh, in Middle Tennessee at Gallatin with uh, Scott Hunt, which Rick you've met and. Kobe, I'm sure you've heard of his dad, uh, Woody Hunt, who has been at Cumberland since yeah, you know they I've, built the place. Yeah, I've met him. A few, I, well, I went to Cumberland for a little bit, so I've met him a few times. Oh, sweet. Yeah, dude, Woody's Woody's awesome. He's oh, he's such a great guy. guy. I know. Like, like as uh, like the first time I felt like I met him, like I felt like I knew him before I even met him. It was weird. Like he's just such a friend. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Guy's awesome. I know. I, I went down there. Uh, this has been a while back and um, just walked on the field where they were practicing, walked up behind him, just gave him a big old hug. He turned around, looked at me, he, and his nickname for me is Big Country, and I have no idea why. First time <laughs> we met, he just looked at me, and he's like, and, I, and he said, you know, hi, I'm Woody. I was like, hey, I'm Chuck. And he's like, well, Big Country, you're a big old boy, aren't you? <laughs> and he's like, you got, any, mm-hmm. uh, you got any eligibility left? <laughs> I, need a, I need a first baseman. Right. And I said, well, I think I can find a year here or there somewhere. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you, and Rick, you, he's awesome. <laughs> he's funny. Yeah, I, I loved Coach That's Hunt. The... I went with you up there uh, whenever you were living in Gallatin. Uh, I came uh-huh. down, and we went to the practice facility there that you had at Gallatin, you know, and we – uh, got to hit off the tee, and then we hit off the machine for a while, and then we ended up going up to Cumberland 
Yeah, that Scott Scott we, stole the uh, keys to the to the merchandise stand, and we went there. And we just raided the merchandise. I love that campus though. It's literally a block, a city block, oh, yeah. and ev- and everything just sits there. The soccer field, the baseball, field, football fields a few miles away, but nobody cares about football over there really. <laughs> yeah, they moved it to the old Lebanon High School. Yeah, it's. I mean, it still fits. It's not too far yeah. away, but I like. It was it was nice being able to just walk to everything in like less than ten minutes. That's but, a beautiful, beautiful uh, campus. But uh, you said you've been coaching at Cock County for twelve years now. This is my tenth year back up here, but twelfth okay. year total. Okay, that's hard to believe. I've been back up here ten years. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> but, we always always send Rick some. Uh, free t-shirts every once in a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually wore the uh, the new one that you gave me for Christmas, the Fighting Cock shirt, uh, uh, yesterday. Whenever I got sweet. home, yeah, I uh, I enjoy. I need to get me another hat, but I want to get a fitted hat. So I need to come and have your dad make me one. All right. So I need to go ahead and just size me up for about an eight. My head is huge. <laughs> <laughs> we got yeah, some. Like... We got some new ones in. Um, let me see if I can snag you one. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's going to be our first count that we have right there. You know, just giving you a little intro there, Chuck. Again, thank you for being on the show. Uh, going from from a high point and being really happy to have friends here on the show that, you know, I know and trust and people that I've called friend for more than a decade now. Now we're going <sighs> to... We're going to take a little bit of go a hard some sad right news. Now. We're going to go to some sad news. We're going to, in, in the last 10 to 12 days, the, the Braves organization have lost three historic names. Uh, first, it was Phil Necro, then it was Don Sutton. And then today, you know, I, I actually got the text message from Chuck. He's the one who broke the news to me. And then uh, Rick called me, I'm guessing, immediately. Yeah, we, uh, we lost Hank Aaron. Yeah, because I told you we were going to have to add it to the show tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, there's no way that, you know, we lose legends like that and we don't talk about it. Um, you know, so uh, last year, you know, Chuck, have, have you had the luxury of going to uh, the new state? It was SunTrust Park. They call it, what is it, Truist now? Truist, Truist Park. Park. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Truist Park. Have yeah, you been to the went, TP yet? Uh, yeah, we went uh, twice. With yep. one, once the year it opened and then uh, once the next year. Yeah, me and Rick did a uh, tour of it two years ago, I yes. think, almost two years ago to the like in a month. Yeah, um, and like they had, they had all these bobbleheads like throughout yeah. the giant ballpark, bobbleheads, giant like life, bobble, life size like, bobbleheads. Yeah, yeah, probably like like seven feet tall, and then there's like mm-hmm. there's twenty, there's like sixteen or twenty of them through hidden throughout the whole stadium. Throughout the park, yeah. Um, but like the whole like Hank Aaron section with all the bats and like the bats colored in seven seven hundred and fifteen, I was all that was so cool to see. I, I uh, shared pictures of that on uh, on my social media when we went to go visit up there. What was really weird is the the art piece that they had with all the ends of his bats and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it had the game that he hit it and the date and who they were playing and stuff like that. But you couldn't really make out the numbers unless you took a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was the weird part about it. But I really liked it. Um, it also had the last bat 
in the last ball he ever hit that Hank Aaron ever hit uh, in a display case and the last home run ball and the last bat that he used to hit a home run also in a display case. Which would have been uh, 755. And, yeah. And that, that was just, oh, it was awesome to be able to see. They had a couple gloves of his, uh, of Hank Aaron's uh, set up, in this, which there's an entire room and that's all it is, is just the Hank yeah. Aaron. And I mean, it, it as it should be. And honestly, personally, I think that they should rename the field Hank Aaron Field. Um, oh, yeah. I think they should have done it while he was still alive, even yeah. more so now that he's passed on. I, I think it would it would be a good thing. It could just be Hank Aaron Field at Truist Park. Yeah. Exactly. Because, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to get away from the corporate naming rights. Yeah, exactly. it's always going to be there. And just why not just name it something that already everybody loves, Hank Aaron, you know? Who cares about the corporation that owns the field? You know, Hank Aaron Field. So I've, I found out something today that I thought was really interesting. So the Braves are sponsored by Home Depot because I believe Home Depot is, uh, their Arthur. home office is out of Atlanta, I believe, Arthur if Vikings. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they own the Falcons and owns Home Depot. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, so at every Braves game, they have the Home Depot run and they have the tool uh, race. The, the tool race. And they'll have uh, a hammer, and then they have a drill, and uh, you know Homer the bucket. Yeah, and then <laughs> the, bucket, the bucket, the bucket. You know, and they they have them race. But somebody told me something today, or I found out today that there was a little cheat. So you everybody could you know bet you know I think this person's going to win the race, or I think this person's going to win the race, right? But uh, there was a little cheat that I found out today. Uh, so. Hank Aaron's nickname was Hammer and Hank, right? So any game that Hank Aaron attended in person, the Hammer was guaranteed to win. <laughs> and I did sense. not know that. You find out something crazy like that, you know? Because the Hammer was, name. I was, looking, I, was, I was trying to look up just some interesting facts about him. Uh, Muhammad Ali once said that Hank Aaron was, quote, the only man I... I, I the only man I idolize more than myself, end quote. So, I can see that. It's come a lot from uh, from him. And then he only started playing when he was 14. And that was after hearing uh, Jackie Robinson speak. Yeah. Well, what's crazy to me is the fact that I don't, did he ever have a season over 50 homers? No. No, highest was never, 44. Highest was 44. Season, yeah. Never had a season over 50, but never had a season under 10. Yeah. Well, he had like 15 seasons or 14 seasons of, of 30 plus home runs. Yeah. His yeah. final season, he had 10 home runs and he had nothing below 10. Uh, his, uh, his highest was 45. No, 47. I mean, talk about consistency. Yeah. Right. I'd say he had probably. I don't know, five, between five and seven 40-plus uh, home run seasons. Just the fact that he played as long as he did at such a high clip, like he's he has to go down as the greatest, right? We also got to remember he started out in the, uh, in the Negro Leagues, too. The Negro Leagues, yeah. He had uh, 16 consecutive seasons with 24 or more home runs. That's pretty stupid. That's consistency. That's consistency. Or is you one? Do you think that'll ever be matched again? 
Um, are you talking about just the 24 home runs and 16 yeah, that, straight that streak? That streak of that many home runs. I would like, I'm going to say no, and it has nothing to do. I think that batters get better and better every year. I think yeah. they only get better at hitting the ball. However, With- I think that the pitchers have gotten so much better in the time between when Hank Aaron was playing mm-hmm. and now, right? So um, I think Hank Aaron uh, could hit home runs off of guys now, but I think that the players who play now would have a hell of a lot more home runs if oh, they absolutely. played in the time that Hank Aaron did just because the pitchers weren't as good. I think, too, is, I mean, I don't think they nearly played as many games as Hank Aaron have. played as well, you know. I mean, I feel like injuries are a lot more of a common problem today because, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, mean I just feel like people just always seem to get hurt and just can't seem to get that consistency, like mm-hmm. that fourth year of consistency or something because they tore their elbow or they tore their knee or dislocated their ankle or something, you know? I think injuries just play a big part of that. I also believe that owners try to take better care of their players now. Yeah. um, Because you're seen as an investment now. Yes. Um, Before, you know, they almost half a billion dollars in someone now. Exactly. So before the players were so cheap, if they didn't pan out, oh, well, go get somebody else. You know, we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll pull somebody up out of the minor league, you know? Um, But now, you're putting so much money into them, it's better to give them a rest to make sure that they don't get injured. That way they can play more seasons. Yeah. Um, you know. But, yeah, so we lost Hammer and Hank today. Um, arguably the greatest hitter of all time. Also, I hate that the first team that he played for, or uh, played pro for, uh, the Indianapolis Clowns. But- I did not know that. Yeah, 1951, he went pro and signed to the Negro League team, the Indianapolis Clowns. Mm-hmm. And I bet that mascot picture was terrifying. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine a clown now? Now imagine a clown from that many years ago, from no, 60 good. years ago, 70 years ago. No, I'm good. I don't want to. Exactly. That is scary. Yeah, I don't like clowns. Do not want, will not have. Fuck clowns. Here's your one one side piece, Rick. There, um, I know I'd saw a thing where uh, the Giants, the Giants and the Braves both sent him a contract to to purchase it uh, from the clowns, and he went with the Braves because they were going to give him fifty more dollars. So could you 50 imagine more dollars? Could you imagine an outfield with Willie Mays and Hank Aaron? Oh my gosh. Oh Jesus. <laughs> that area would have been covered. I mean, shit, you could have just played them both and you would have been good in say, outfield. At that yeah, point, just you give yourself an extra infielder. <laughs> yeah. Who wants right center? Who wants left center? We're going to go with the five middle infielders. We're going to go five infielders today, guys. Just play so, somebody at second. Nobody does, is, he doesn't if, move. If you had those two and then, and then uh, Andrew Jones in there, like, now what do you do? <laughs> Do you think they get pissed off? What about Rubidell? What if you have Rubidell pitching? Oh, God. It just gets better and better. Do you know about Rubidell? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I've actually got Chuck listening to the dollop. Oh, hell yeah. Listen, we need need to put the Rube in there. Put put Rube in there. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Just no fire trucks. Just no fire trucks or shiny things. 
All right, right. hit him. Hit him with the puppy. <laughs> shout out, dollop. Shout out the dollop. Imagine if you're Andrew Jones. Like if Andrew Jones was that time, he shows up and they're like, "All right, buddy, listen, uh, we're gonna have to stick you in the left." <laughs> Mays is in center. Aaron's in right. Wait, yeah. what? what? Did you say Aaron's in right? Mays is in center. Yeah, you're in left, kid. <laughs> But I mean, like, just imagine if you had those three as an outfield, do you think they get upset because like they don't get to show off the wheels to go catch a ball? Man, I wouldn't. I would just, I would be thankful that, you know, your outfield fielding or your fielding percentage is going to be so amazing as a team. Yeah. Well, immediately if you're playing that team, do you go bunt heavy? (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to slap. We want you to choke up and slap hit all day. That's all we need. Push the ball opposite field. Hey, listen, you're you're not stretching anything into a double. You're not hitting anything that's in the gap. That's why you have the extra men in the, in the infield. <laughs> yeah. So tell them to uh, choke up and think everything. Yeah. Because nothing's dropping in that outfield. No. <laughs> if it gets any hang time, it's caught. Oh gosh, that would be in a in a fantasy land. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we lost Hammer and Hank, you know, the great one of the greatest hitters of all time. We also lost the greatest knuckleballer of all time in Phil Necro. Um, you know, last, uh, last year Kobe got uh, – oh, what's that baseball game that we played? The show. Yeah, the show? Uh, MLB The Show. And Phil Necro is in one of the uh, – you know, they give you the specialty teams yeah. with everybody. Uh, he's one of the pitchers on there. And every time that's who I would pick when we played with those teams. Just It's dirty, man. Listen, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Oh, but, yeah, we, you know, hate to say it, you know, we've we've lost legends this week, you know. Um, so from, from the Hard Count podcast out to Braves country, we just want to say, you know, we're sorry to the the families of Phil Necro, Don Sutton, and Hank Aaron. Uh, we're thankful for everything that you've done, you know, uh, for Atlanta and and furthering uh, what the Braves were able to do. Uh, you know, we hope that uh, you know your your families find peace. That's a piece um, of our childhood too, Rick. Yeah. Don yeah. on TBS. Listening to him uh, on. Uh, Turner Broadcasting, yeah, yeah. I remember they used to replay all of the games. Uh, in the, like, if it was an afternoon game, they would replay it starting at like eight o'clock. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it would always be awesome. You, you know, that night you're watching the day game. So that night you're like, why? Why is it still bright? <laughs> oh yeah, because this game started at noon. <laughs> I know it's nine thirty at night, but this was a noon game. Just remember him. I love to listen to him call a game right up there with uh, Vin. Just listen to him and Pete and Skip. Well, I mean, all of them. That whole that whole broadcasting crew was dynamite. Uh, the thing that was being shared a lot on on Twitter was uh, uh, Vin Scully's call on uh, Hank's uh, 715th home run. Yeah, I was going around a lot. Like just two legends right there, one calling another. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Don Sutton's last call was a Chipper Jones home run to win a game, oh, a yeah. walk-off home run. That's uh, a good because, it. Yeah, Chipper put something up. It might have been on his Twitter, I believe. Uh, but Chipper put up that he was thankful that Don's last call was his home run and that you know he was able to leave the booth in uh, a good fashion. Oh, yeah. In a joyous state. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. But on to our uh, third count, we're going to talk a little bit about the college coaching carousel. Um, you know, Chuck and I, huge UT fans, so of course we're going to talk quite a bit about the state of, of UT athletics right now. But our so dream finally came. Our right. dream did finally come true. So it's, he's not a coach, years but we've been years talking about it. We've been talking about this for years, <laughs> years. They Probably finally since got- I've met we've been talking about this. So for about years, me, me and Rick have been talking about this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Larry, so, it's finally out of as Pac-12 commissioner. Yeah, the, the Pac-12 commissioner was a guy named Larry Scott, and he was a fucking joke. So, Chuck, I don't know if you remember or not, uh, a couple years ago, uh, whenever there was a questionable call in a Washington State game, um, and the Pac-12... Uh, they went to the re, uh, replay booth, and it came out that somebody outside of the replay booth made the call to not oh, call. God, yes, I remember that. That was Larry Scott. God, I I don't exactly remember Mike Leach's interview after the game, but I'm sure it was legendary about that. Oh yeah, because Mike <laughs> Mike Leach is known as it's one odd. of those people who yeah. doesn't hold back. But yeah, no, Larry Scott is a fucking joke. In fact, uh, we've got an entire episode um, about you know why we thought that. You should fire Larry Scott. Um, let me see here. Does it? Uh, I don't know what it episode. Up. You're going to look it up for me yeah, real I'm quick. But we we have an entire episode of why I thought we should fire Larry Scott. And this has been probably a year ago um, that I've been putting this out, which I've been saying it longer than that. But the episode that we talked about it a lot was about a it year ago. It was our third episode. Third. When did it come out? Uh... November 20th, 2019. So 2019 and we're in 2021 right now. Yeah. So over a year and like four months. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how long I can prove that I've been talking about it, but I've been saying it a lot longer than that, that Larry Scott is just a shit stain on athletic directors everywhere, especially, uh, you know, uh, commissioners everywhere. And uh, to be a PAC 12 commissioner as shitty as he was, I'm so glad that he's gone. And hopefully that means that the PAC 12 can, you know, get back to some athletic dominance in, in at least something, you know, whether it be, uh, Oregon with their track and field that they had a couple years ago, uh, or Stanford had a, a great gymnastics team a couple years ago. UCLA always has a, a great gymnastics team, but none of those programs have done shit under Larry Scott, you know, so it, it goes beyond football or basketball or baseball, you know, it, it, it's across it every sport. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I hope that they're on the upswing, even though I'm an SEC guy, you know, and I definitely root for the SEC above everybody else. Uh, I, I'm glad to see Larry Scott out of there and I hope the PAC 12 starts on an upward swing. Agreed. So Tennessee, University of Tennessee, UT, volunteer country, the orange and white. We uh, fired another coach. <laughs> the, the laughing stock of the SEC East. And and I'm not taking this time to I'm not trying to shit on Vanderbilt right here. It's gonna sound like I am. I Vanderbilt, say, I think we were the laughing stock. You all had a losing season in that we you didn't also have had a girl game. score on y'all. So you had a girl score on us, <laughs> which is true, which is the first time. Oh God, that still hurts. Uh, the first time uh, a girl has ever scored in division one football. 
Uh, you know, so congratulations against Tennessee. So Uh, well, my Vikings are looking for a kicker, so they might draft her first overall, (laughs) you know, or they're in the first round. uh, One of those Andersons that are like 50. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Oh God. But, uh, Tennessee laughing stock of the East this year. Um, they fired not only Jeremy Pruitt, but we let uh, the great pumpkin, we let Philip Fulmer go as our athletic director. Chuck, tell me how you feel about it. I mean, I'm I'm always going to be a UT homer. Always. I don't care. I don't care. I'll preach that till I'm blue in the face. Now, I, I love Phil. I respect Phil. But it's kind of like, you know, towards the end of his coaching career, he kind of got lazy, rested on his laurels. And now... I just think it's time for him to step back and let somebody else do it. I mean, he's done a lot for the university, a lot for the state, but somebody else successes. I think he is. And and I don't think, I I, I don't think they would ever fire Phil. I think they may have pulled him aside and said, Hey, listen, we want to let you go out gracefully. So we're going to let you handle how this goes. Well, I know that they did it completely. They did him dirty last time whenever they fired him as the head coach. Yeah, they did. Um, But I don't feel that it was necessarily him resting on his laurels that got him fired. I believe that it was... um, Pruitt? No, 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 not Pruitt. It was John Chavis, his defensive coordinator at the time. So Yeah, uh, because me and you would watch him and say every time it was third and ten, all right, they're going to rush three, drop eight. Yeah, they're (laughs) going to do that every time. But it used to be that John Chavis would blitz anybody on any down. You know, first down, we're going to bring a corner. Second down, you've got two linebackers coming, you know. Um, third down, our entire defensive line is, is pinning its ears back and you've got somebody coming from somewhere. Mm-hmm. But as John Chavis continued at Tennessee, it no longer was that way. It became, well, we might send somebody on second down and if it's third and short, we might send somebody on third. But other than that, we're going to play a lot of zone. And God help you, if it was third and 15, you're getting three down linemen. They're the only ones coming, and the rest of everybody is dropping into coverage. I think that's what lost Philip Former his job. Yeah, because I mean you can't you can't play in that situation. You can't play cover three against SEC quarterbacks. It's not going to work. No, no. And the amazing part is, uh, Chavis left, and he went. Was it Texas A and M that he went to immediately after us? They're LSU. I'm not sure. Because he spent some time at both places. Did he win a national championship at LSU? Was he on that? Was he on that staff? I can't remember he if he was or not. Have to look that up. But but know, John it. Chavis immediately when he left Tennessee, uh, I know he was at A and M. I know he was at LSU, and both places he looked like the old John Chavis. He went he, to LSU yeah. and won the the twenty eleven national championship. Uh, and then went to A and M. Yep. And then Arkansas. And now, and, <clears throat> I was saying now here's one for you. He's coaching volunteer coaching at Knox West High School in Knoxville. Really? Yeah. WBR did an article about that. Well, so uh, there there have been a lot of coaching names, you know, thrown in there for Jeremy Pruitt. Do you think John Chavis could be one of I've I've got four big names right now on my list 
um, that, that I think it could be. And John Chavis wasn't one of them. However, I wasn't even sure that where he was coaching or anything. So that may be why he was not on my list. How, how do you all feel about John Chavis as a Tennessee coach? I don't know much about him. The only really names that I've seen be brought in is uh, Billy Napier, uh, like you said, Bob Stoops, and then Lane Kiffin. Those are kind of the, the names that I've been hearing tossed around right now. Well, the names that I have currently, my, my four that I have that I saw as real possibilities, um, my number one, the one that I would want would be Bob Stoops. Um, you know, he, he's won at the college level. He has head coaching experience. Uh, he has a winning record. Um, and he coached in the <coughs> AFL. Is that what it was? Or the XFL? He coached in the XFL. Yeah. Well, so he's still been around football. You know, it's not like he's just sitting at the house, you know, uh, number two, uh, the second person that I would be okay with him taking would be Lane Kiffin. Um, Lane, there's a lot of Tennessee fans who hate Lane Kiffin, but it was built into his contract that if USC came calling, it was the only school he could leave and go to and still get his buyout. It was his dream school. Yeah, he used us as a stepping stone. Yeah, he left us in a, in a bad position, but he left for his dream job. And I can't say that I wouldn't necessarily do the same. Uh, Lane Kiffin is one of the greatest offensive minds in college football right now. Uh, he completely changed the way Alabama. Alabama was originally a defensive school whenever, uh, er, not Urban Meyer, but whenever uh, Nick Saban got there. Uh, you know, you can go back and look at some of their defenses that just shut everybody down all year long. Um, and now it's not that way. Even though Alabama did have a great defense, Alabama is an offensive school now. And all of that started whenever Lane Kiffin got there. Uh, and it was Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian uh, who, who changed them to an offensive school. Uh, the next coach uh, that I would have would be T. Martin, um, and it's simply because uh, he has ties to UT. He won a national championship at UT. Uh, he's been our wide receiver coach for the last year. Um, he is one of the few coaches that did survive the purge. Um, he had um, a time at USC uh, out on the West Coast. Um, he has a lot of great player rapport, and he does recruit very well. Um, my downside to him he doesn't have any head coaching experience. Um, I, I want somebody who has not only head coaching experience, but a winning record, um, which leads me to the very last person on my list, um, and that's Gerard Mayo. Uh, Gerard Mayo also has ties to the University of Tennessee. He was a linebacker here. He was one of the best linebackers that I can remember. Um, you know, he was really fun to watch. He wasn't afraid to go in and tackle anybody. He played to the, to the right hole every time. Um, he, he was very like, you know, even though he's bigger than Eric Berry and stuff, I, I think that Gerard Mayo and Eric Berry kind of looked at the game the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in that they were students of the game and they knew where to be, uh, to make the right play. Um, but Gerard Mayo has no head coaching experience. Um, he has no college coaching experience. He has no recruiting experience. Um, but, the one thing that he does have is that he's been under Bill Belichick in the NFL uh, and, and learning under him. Uh, so arguably one of the greatest coaches in the NFL is, is somebody good that you would want to, to learn under, you know, and, and be able to lean on and stuff. So, so those are my four, uh, you know, and 
you know, John Chavis, you know, I would throw him in there just because I think that would be an interesting hire. I don't want him. I would, I would put him between T Martin and Gerard Mayo is where I would put him. Uh, Chuck, what, what are you thinking about it? Uh, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm like, I'm like most people on ball Twitter. I'm on the lane train and by God, I'll, when it pulls into the station, I'll celebrate if it does. And here, here's one that I don't think. I know it may not be popular. It may be very popular. I don't, I wouldn't mind Gus Malzahn. Yeah. Guys won a national championship. He can recruit. He can beat Alabama <laughs> after being in the same conference with him. Guy can beat him. Yeah. And uh, he, he has a winning record as a head coach. He does. And um, he has a winning record uh, versus top 25 teams. He's, he's a, I think Gus Gus is one of those. If you can't get Lane, Gus would be like a safe number two. I mean, personally, I'd be I'm perfectly fine with him. I'd be fine with Chadwell from Coastal. I'd be fine with Hugh Freeze from Liberty. And here's an outsider. Here's one that I've wanted that I wanted a while back was Chris Peterson. I always thought highly of Chris Peterson. Now, granted, he went to Washington, and had a little bit of trouble. I just well, I don't know if his offense away. would work. Well, you know, he had his, uh, was it his son who had a medical condition? Oh, is that what it so, was? I think his son or one of his son or some, uh, one of his children had like a really bad, not bad, but like a rare medical condition that, um, I think caused him to step away. Uh, See, I, I did not know that. Um, yeah, he, he, Chris Peterson was, uh, the only coach that has taken a pac 12 team, uh, to the playoffs. Yeah. I, I like him. I just I wonder if it, I don't know how his offense would fare in the SEC. I mean, he he ran. It was a run first offense, even though he did like to spread spread the ball or uh, spread his wide receivers out. It was run first, and I think if you're going to be successful in the SEC, I feel you, you do to need to ball. be run. Yeah, you have to be able to run the ball. I mean, that's the good thing about SEC football is you still have to run the ball. You can't you can't not have a running game. Yeah. You can't be one dimensional. Yeah. I mean, unless you're Michael Leach and you throw it 60 times a game, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> well, and I also like, um, I was one of those people, I would have taken Mike Leach. Um, you know, back when, uh, whenever we hired Pruitt, mm-hmm. um, I would have taken Leach then. Um, I, I would have <laughs> took Leach then. You know, I was big on Mike Gundy. Um, I would have taken Mike Gundy at the time. I would have been okay with the mullet coming to Knoxville. But he I already looks since, good wearing orange. Um, since we just mentioned Mike Gundy on the podcast, he probably got a five hundred dollars raise. He right. did. <laughs> he did. Mike Gundy in Tennessee was talked about in the same sentence. He gets money. That's how it works. It's like they got like stuff. FBI listeners listening for anything that says Mike Gundy. Yeah, oh, we're hearing Mike Gundy again. Somebody tell uh, T Boone to give him a five hundred dollars raise. Yeah. So there, there's another name, uh, Tom Herman, that I've been hearing a lot. Um, and I, like I said, I don't have him on my list. Um, uh, Texas, old Texas. Uh, yep, University Texas of coach. Texas coach. Yeah. yeah. Texas but, is bad. Never mind. Mm, Texas. I mean, Texas almost beat Oklahoma this year. Should have beat Oklahoma. Had many chances to beat Oklahoma in their game this year. And just didn't. Um, you know, I can't, what did it, was it two or three overtimes at that game? Texas went? for the last decade for I mean, Texas beat a lot more team. Texas has been to what? Two of the last three big 10 championship games or a uh, big 12 championship games. 
Yes, I think so. I think they've been to two of the last three. I know one of them was Baylor in Oklahoma. Yeah, because that was last year. That was the one that me and you bet on. I still need to pay up on that bet, by the way. You do. I love how that always comes around. I need to do it. I will do it. He's got to wear a Vanderbilt jersey and sing the uh, fight song. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I made the gamble. So, Chuck, I don't remember. No, if you remember last year, Baylor had Matt Rule as their Uh uh, coach. And they went to the Big 12 championship. Uh, They had beaten Oklahoma earlier. This is two years ago now. Two years ago now. They had beaten Oklahoma in the first game of the season. Or not Mm. their first game, but like the first matchup that they had. Yeah. Right? So Kobe and I bet. And I was like, you know what? I think Baylor's going to do it again. They're going to go undefeated. They're going to get into the playoffs. Like, it's going to happen. I was on the Matt Rule train. And Kobe said, no, Oklahoma's going to beat them. And it went a couple overtimes. It may have been two overtimes. Um, And then Oklahoma ended up winning. Um, So... I'm supposed to don uh, a Vanderbilt jersey, which Kobe has let me borrow, and then he's going to film me singing what was Anchor Down? The van, van, uh, uh, Dynamite. Dynamite. Our, our fight song. So I still have to pay up on that bet. Uh-huh. It'll be pretty great. We're going to put it out on our Twitter. It's going to suck. It's going to hurt me as a UT fan. Uh, but that, be great as a Vandy fan. So, but uh, so let's let's go back. Let's backtrack a little bit. Tennessee uh, let Philip Fulmer put himself out to pasture, right? Yeah. Um, let him leave with a little bit of grace, and now we have this new athletic director, uh, the UCF uh, uh, athletic director, Danny White. Um, what what do we think? Well, what do we think about old Danny White? I mean, he's got a good track record of hiring people. That he does. I mean, he did have the 2017 undefeated national champions. Quotation marks. No, I I put no quotations around. You don't. That. You put. No I agree. No, I agree. I mean, listen. If you beat every team on your schedule, you can only beat the teams on your schedule. Yeah. And you beat Auburn, who was the yeah. only team to beat both Alabama and Georgia the two teams in the national championship game. So by the rule of transitive properties, <laughs> 2017 national championships, baby. Well, see, that, was, I, that was the same year that Alabama didn't even win their division. Yeah. Auburn, Auburn won the division. Yeah. Which proves that I, Gus Malzahn can beat Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So, going back to, you know, last, uh, what our last episode we talked about uh, the college football playoffs and how they're cowards and how they will never put in a UCF. They're never going to put in um, a Cincinnati from this year. Um, They're never going to put in a Coastal Carolina from this year, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have, and I know this wasn't one of our counts. This is just something I wanted to get your opinion on, Chuck. What do you feel we can do to fix the playoff system, to guarantee that any team that goes undefeated has a chance to win a national championship. I like 
I like the idea of having a sixteen like a six team playoff. Now, granted, you're going to end up having a you're going to have to add an extra week to the season during bowl season. But I mean, I'm I'm sure there's so are money you in it. are they you saying care. sixteen or six? six six as in two more than four. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. I, I heard sixteen as well. Oh no, six yeah. sixteen. Give your give your one and two, whatever they are in the rankings, give them a buy, and then your next four up, so three through six, do your play-ins to play right. one two. Three plays six, uh, four, four plays, plays five. five. And in that scenario, this year you would have we would have pulled in Cincinnati, correct? If I'm not mistaken. Well, <clears throat> do you think they do that? Or do you think that they let in, you know, who who else were uh, some one-loss teams? Uh, like, hold on, let's. I'd have to look back at the standings. Yeah, let's let's look back real quick and, I'll and look them up. S- you got them for me. Yep. Um, who were? So that was left out. You had a one-loss AM. You had an undefeated Coastal, an undefeated Cincy. Had a one loss BYU. So you had Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Florida, Cincy, Georgia, and then you had Coastal Carolina, all at twelve at eleven and zero. Yeah. So before the playoffs. I think that we need to have a system that as long as you are undefeated, you have a shot. Mm-hmm. So so six teams, it could work. And I think most years we're only going to have six teams that, that would be able and, to buy. And what's funny is I'm like you say you said that I immediately just heard the argument like, but what about Ohio State? They were undefeated. Yeah, but they only played six games. They had to change conference ruling to yeah. even fucking be bowl eligible. So my my argument's not even for Ohio State because they were undefeated. They were, right? So no matter how many games you played, you know, they, they were undefeated. Yeah. But Clemson had a loss. Notre Dame had a loss. Now, albeit to each other, they both had a loss. Um, uh. Notre Dame should have lost the first game, even though Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence. So you know Notre Dame's defense was not that great when the backup almost beat you and put up as many points as you would imagine Trevor Lawrence would uh, at that point. So I don't think either one of those teams should have gotten in with one loss. I, I think Coastal Carolina did everything you asked of them. They won all of their games. They won their conference championship you put them in. Cincinnati, same thing. Won all of their games, won their conference championship. You put them in. They're undefeated. Well, I think even this season, you give you give Coastal more credit because they scheduled that BYU game on a Tuesday before the Saturday. Yep. You know, so I think you give them a little bit more credit for that to prepare for a, a BYU in two days. Mm-hmm. And still win. <laughs> And uh, it was a BYU team that I honestly think was better than Coastal Carolina. Uh-huh. I, I really do think that the the team was put together and, and the athletes that BYU has are, are better 
than the athletes that Coastal Carolina have. I just think Coastal Carolina was better coached in that game. And we were talking about, like, nobody wants a blowout, but how many blowouts were in the playoffs in the semifinals? Like, it's, over 10? Well, it's it's like 70%. Yeah. Uh, our last episode we went down, and I broke, like, I talked about almost every playoff game that we've had and, and broke it down. Like, it's a high percentage that a playoff game is going to be a blowout. The championship game, you have about a 50-50 chance that it's going to be a blowout. And we defined blowouts as what was it, twenty five point twenty one or twenty five points or more? Uh, t- like twenty five, I think. Mm. So we define it as twenty five points or more. So if you have that many blowouts, why not give these, you know, Coastal Carolinas that everybody thinks is going to get blown out? Why not give them a chance? Why not give Cincinnati a chance? I mean, it's when you think about it. Okay, the Patriots team in the NFL that um, went and uh, they were undefeated going into uh, the Super Bowl and they were going up against the Giants that were... A wild uh, card. What were they? Were they seven and nine? Uh, They were 10 and six, I think. They were 10 and six? Okay, okay. So they they were 10 and six. They had no business being in uh, the Super Bowl, but they beat them, right? And and we remember that game because it was supposed to be a blowout the other way and, and the miraculous happened. And we remember that. And now everybody remembers David Tyree. Yeah, the and helmet catch. Also, uh, yeah, everybody remembers the helmet <laughs> Also, let's take it back a little bit further. What's one college game that I don't even have to tell you who the other team was. I'm just going to say this, App State. And you already know what game I'm talking about. Yep. And how is 13 yep. years ago? How long that how long ago has that game been? We were in college. It was 07. 06, 07. So like 14, 14 years ago. That game is 14 years ago. And all I have to do is say one team. And we remember that. We have to let the little guys in. Those oh, yeah. are the stories that that we will remember forever. Let's be honest. Uh 10 years from now, we were, we may remember Devonte Smith or not. Uh, uh, is that the wide receiver for yeah. Alabama? Yeah. We may remember that Devonte Smith had, you know, a, as many offensive yards as, as the entire Alabama or uh, Ohio state team, but we're probably not going to remember much more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, we may remember that, you know, he won the Heisman. We're not going to expected, you know? Yeah. When you create what, such what, a high bar for yourself, I mean, that's what you expect. And that's what people expect from me. You know, like, oh, he had 215 yards with eight receptions or whatever. Okay, that's Devontae Smith for you. That's what he does in a regular game. You know, that's what why he won the Heisman, you know? Yeah. Nothing new there. But if you had Colts of Carolina in there and they won and their wide receiver had 215 yards on eight catches, that shit, you know? Because it was Coastal Carolina. But let, let's let's take it the other way, right? So let's imagine that Coastal Carolina just keeps it close. Yeah. Let's imagine it's a seven-point game going into the fourth quarter. Everybody watches that game. Nobody oh, yeah. turns that game off. <clears throat> it doesn't matter if Coastal Carolina ends up getting beat by 21 points, right? Alabama scores twice in the fourth quarter. That's all that happens. Game over. But if it's a seven-point game going into the, the fourth, everybody watches that whole fourth quarter. You oh, know? Yeah. 
That's the one people are calling their friends. Hey, hey, turn on, turn on ESPN. Right. Coastal's still in this. Exactly. And I, you know, those are the games that you get texts from people about. But Coastal Carolina doesn't bring in the revenue Usually. like Ohio State and Notre Dame and Clemson and all that. So Sunday I was here at the house and I was doing laundry and stuff, right? And I had my headphones in and I was listening. I was listening to a podcast. Um, <clears throat> and my buddy Adam sent me a text. Um, I, you know him. You remember Adam Stanifer from ETSU? Yeah, uh, he do. lives down here in uh, Nashville now. He lives really? halfway between me and David. Yeah. Shout out Adam Stanifer. Shout out him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's living down here. But Adam texted me and he was like, hey, man, are you watching the Chiefs game? You know, and it was just because, um, um, oh, shit, I just lost his name. Uh, the Chiefs quarterback. Mahomes. Uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know why I couldn't come up with his name. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, gets knocked out. Uh, you know, he gets up, he's woozy, comes to the sidelines. Uh, they take him out of the game. He runs up the tunnel. They end up not bringing him back into the game, right? So, had it not, you know, those are the things that you get messages about because who knows what's going to happen. That's so, also a good segue in our next count, Rick. That's why I set it up there, Kobe. Go ahead with our, go ahead with oh, the hard boy. count. So, our third count or fourth count whatever it is, uh, is concussions in the NFL. So the first uh, AFC game of the week was the Bills and Ravens game. And Lamar uh, Jackson got knocked out at some point um, and didn't return and it ended up costing the Ravens and Bills ended up winning. Um, the cool thing that actually kind of came out of that is Bills fans – have donated almost half a million dollars to Lamar Jackson's charities. And I so, love that. I absolutely love that. That's that's so cool. Because, I mean, uh, Bill's Mafia did something like that for uh, whenever Cincy knocked out a team for the Bills to go to the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. They gave a lot of money to, to Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. Yeah. Andy Dalton's charity. It's like, that's, I've like, I like Bill's Mafia fan, like, fan. as crazy as they are, they're, they're a great uh, fan base. Um, but Lamar got knocked out, couldn't go back in, didn't clear protocol. And then you had uh, the Browns and Chiefs, and like we were just talking about, Mahomes gets knocked out. And like when he got knocked, when he was getting up, he had to have like two people help him up and like three people kind of keep him steady. He didn't know us. And ran down the tunnel and then obviously didn't get come back to uh, play. And then a few hours ago, it came out and said that he was cleared to play, which, like, I get that, like, you got a big game to play. I mean, I get you got money on the line, championship on the line. But, like, at some point, you got to put your, your health first, you know, because that could have been your last snap. You know, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many players really think of that because I don't know. That's kind of a, a mind game that you play with yourself that you don't want to really have. But at the same time, it is something that you got to think about of, is your health and and you got to take smart, smart hits, you know. Um, and I I just think they're rushing Mahomes a little too fast through the through the through the protocol. But that's <clears throat> that's just my opinion. So. I've got two things that I'm going to say about it. Okay. Uh, one of them is um, something that 
I was listening to um, uh, what's the Shannon Sharp and um, uh, oh, what's the other dude's name? First I was listening take. to their show. First Take. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and fuck, I can't remember what the other guy's name is right now. Uh, Skip Bayless. Skip yeah. Bayless. So I Skip, hate that dude. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm not a big Skip Bayless fan, but um, he was taking your side, right? Um, and he was saying that um, he shouldn't be coming back. And, and this was before they had announced that he was coming back. He said he won't be back uh, because they have all of these steps. And he was breaking down. There's like six different steps uh, that players have to go through during these mm-hmm. uh, protocols. First of all, um, they have to be assessed by um, a neurologist that has no affiliation with either team. Now, it's hard to get a doctor who doesn't know what's at stake. I'll give you that. Right. So let's just go ahead and bypass that one and pretend like it's not even there. Right. Doesn't exist. So he's coming back. Then, uh, you have to, um, come back and, uh, be able to run half a day of, uh, just like movement, just like, uh, physical type. Uh, Like you gotta be able to run on the treadmill. You have to be able to lift weights, um, all while a doctor is checking you out. Right. Um, and then you have to be able to go through a no touch half practice or something like that. And then you have to go through uh, a normal touch practice. Um, and then you have to go through something else. There was like five different steps, right? And I, I can't remember all of what they were, but to, to be able to do all of those steps before this game, there's no way that he would be able to get all of it done or he shouldn't be able to get all of it done unless he's doing multiple of them, you know, in a single day. Yeah. You know, and the concussion protocol from what he was saying is not set up. So you can do that. Um, so I, Mm. I didn't think he was going to be back. Um, however, or no, 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 uh, feeling he'd be back as for as big as the game is. I mean, so that, that was point one that I was wanting to say. Point two is like, I've got my bell rung a couple times, right? Oh, yeah, and, me too. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever he ran up the tunnel, they, they kept showing the video. You know, he, he ran up the tunnel, and after he got to the sideline, yeah, he had to be helped up, and, and he was dizzy. He was woozy, right? But once he got to the sidelines, you know, he was okay. Uh, they, they took his helmet. Uh, he started to run up you know, whenever they were going up the, the tunnel, he ran up the tunnel. He looked good. Um, I thought that he would probably be okay to play whether or not he, he passed protocols or not. Yeah. I mean, I figured he was going to play, but I just, I just don't think he shouldn't. I just don't think, yeah, I just don't think he shouldn't. But that's just me. Mm. I mean, as much as I know, as much as we know about concussions now, and what it do, does to to people long term now, like, it's scary. You know, I mean, people take their lives because they can't handle um, the changes it's made. Yeah. To the changes, the CTE that they don't know that they have because we can't find out until after they're passing. So we can um, get in there and look at their brain. Yeah, and like. Yes, these guys are making so much money to play this game, but like, so yeah, think about what you're going to do after this game at the same time, you know? 
so just wondering like uh you know i know it's going to be a little different for baseball chuck but how Mm -hmm. does that translate to like high school baseball like what's your all's concussion protocol like uh you you have a player round third you know he's on second it's hit to center field uh he rounds third throw comes to the plate there's a collision Mm -hmm. at the plate actually we my i think it's my second season back we we had a uh shallow fly ball hit into shallow left left fielder comes running in shortstop takes off running back the left fielder slides to get out of the way and the shortstop knocks him out knocks the left fielder out cold knees him right in the head kid goes straight down goes limp like no signs of life for solid 30 seconds scariest things i've ever seen on baseball field so, so go ahead i was gonna say i know um for us we had our trainer there trainer goes check him out trainer suggests hey take him straight to the straight to the emergency room get a brain scan on him just to make sure and he was out minimum of a week before we even talked about him coming back right it was just hey you know so what what did the brain scan show i mean if you can tell me he was fine he didn't have any any damage or any injury to his brain it was just at that level for us, he did no physical exertion, no sort of physical activity for an entire week. And then he went to the trainer after the week was up, you know, and she ran him through the, the physical drills and he had to practice two complete practices with us before we could put him back on the field. So the high school level protocols are much compared to what you all just described the high school protocols are a whole lot stricter but i mean and, and, and they should be you know yeah no no, no, no. I, I mean definitely i agree oh with yeah I don't, but also i, don't, I mean I you also have a little more say over the kids than yeah, patrick yeah. mahomes that has say in in his case you know exactly uh, um but like going to your like with the Something uh up. with like the concussion like whenever i was got concussion i would you always do. have to stay up to the the whole night because you're mm-hmm. not so, like if you get a concussion, you're not supposed to like go to sleep for like 24 hours, just in case you fall into just a coma. Yeah, just in case you like just fall into a coma, just like brain bleeding, or just in case anything happens. So well, like, I know they they watched him in the hospital for a little while, and then he said, yeah. and then he went home. His mom, his mom would not go to sleep. Yeah, for like 24 hours. Yeah, my mom, Just like, sure. whenever I got mine, my mom, like, whenever I would doze off, she'd be like, nope, don't you fall asleep. Don't you fall, like, like I'm so tired. I was like, she's like, I don't care. You ain't falling asleep on my watch. They suck, though. I know something else we do. They do, uh, every athlete at the high school has to take, like, a baseline. And it has a, it has a, the actual name of, but I can't remember what it is. It's like a, it's like a baseline reaction test on the computer. Yeah. It just measures their measures their uh, responses and uh, mental acuity. So if they have a suspected concussion, they have to go back and take that same test again. Yeah. It you know stresses their brain, test it to see, you know, are that's they what within they, what their baseline score is. That's what yeah. they, uh, that's what Dell Jr. did a while for a while whenever he was suffering his concussions. Gosh, that, that whole story, his whole story about those concussions is scary. Uh, uh, I listened to his book. Uh-huh. 
Oh, I would highly recommend listening to his book. He he gives such great like just crazy insight to that whole ordeal. Yeah, I mean, I I, I read it and just him describing his wreck at Kansas that year. Yeah, where he hits the wall and forgets where he is, and then they take him to eat. And then he just has to leave because he's so sick. Yeah, he has to just go like lay down or just be quiet. Yeah, just I couldn't imagine having to go through all that. And then, and then in the same sentence, be a high-profile athlete, right? Well, Chuck, I want to thank you for uh, for being on the hard count with us today. Yeah, thank you awesome. so much for joining us, man. If I appreciate uh, it. If people want to get in touch with you, uh, how how can they do it? Do you do the Twitter thing? Do you how 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 can they get in touch with you? Uh, I just I do Twitter. It's real easy. It's just TCC one nine eight six. Literally the same Twitter I've had for I don't know probably ten twelve years now. All right. If you want stuff so, about baseball or football or UT, there you go. So if you uh, if you want to reach out, tell Chuck how awesome he's done. Uh, please do that. Blow his Twitter up. Are you guys uh, streaming your uh, iRacing race? Yeah, we are actually. I guess I need to. Um, I'm I'm not streaming it because I've not figured all that out yet. But uh, Ben, the guy who painted the car, is streaming it on his uh, Twitch channel. He's not going to be doing. Um, he's not going to be live the whole time, but he is streaming the whole race. There just may not be. You know him doing commentary or one of yeah. those commentaries. You know you'll still hear the driver chats. Like we're gonna have the spotter audio and all that going, um, but it'll be on there on his uh, Twitch channel, which is Br Branscom forty three on Twitch. And I'm oh yeah, I'm gonna send uh, I'll send Rick a link to his Twitch. Okay, I'll mine. Uh, I'll. Uh... I'll put it out there on Twitter along with uh, pictures uh, of the car. Again, the uh, camp Corvette. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Excited about that. So uh, talking about throwing it up on our Twitter and stuff, Kobe, tell them how they can get in touch with us. Uh, they can reach us at the Hard Count Podcast on Twitter. Uh, there's some underscores in between the, those words. Uh, if you need to email us anything, it's uh, the hard count podcast at gmail.com. Um, uh, my personal Twitter is Kobe, not Kobe. Um, and yeah, thanks for joining us, uh, Cody. Or yeah, Chuck, thanks for joining I'll us. I'll go by either one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, with our outro song this time, we're going to stay with my band, A Bit of You, and uh, we're going to give you a song called Recently. Peace. Goodbye.